0: Hello, may I welcome you to episode 76 of Moving Matters. I am your host, Colin Wynn. I hope Moving Matters will give you an insight to others working or have worked in this wonderful industry as I delve into their past, their present and their future. You will find a new episode of Moving Matters on the second and fourth Thursday of each month. In this episode, we discover how my guests began within the industry 50, yes, 50 years ago. We discuss his challenges, what he would change from his moving past, his high points, what changes he would make to the industry, the advice he would give starting out again, his predictions for the next five years, and what he does outside of the workplace. And as always, we end moving matters with a funny moving story. In fact two, one regarding falling asleep in a moving van, and the other regarding the use of a client's clothing. My guest this episode is David Ozard. General Manager of John Mason International Movers. Enjoy. Good morning, David. Welcome to Moving Matters. How are you this morning?
1: Good morning, Colin. I'm very well, sir. Fantastic, actually. Really good.
0: Very good. Can you tell everybody about yourself and the length of time within the industry?
1: Sure, yeah. Um... Let say, my name's David Ozard. I'm general manager from John Mason International Movers. I am the wrong side of sixty nowadays. I've been in the removals industry for I was counting back the other day, and probably over fifty years now. That is to say, literally man and boy, born and bred in Bolton, still live in Bolton, married, two grown-up children. I've been with John Mason International for just over thirty-one years, nearly thirty-two years. Started off with them as just a surveyor or just a surveyor. Surveyor's are probably the best job in the industry, to be honest with you. Do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. You're not sat in an office. Your day flies by because you're chasing the clock all the time. You're going into people's houses, meeting different people. Yeah. And I also say that you're able to go through people's chest of drawers. (laughs) <laughs> Legitimately.
0: I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing <laughs> sometimes
1: it's very interesting at times it's yeah it's the best best job in the industry it really is it's you're just out and about meeting people and having fun and it's great traffic jams yeah get in the way at times but it is the best one so after that became sales manager here moved through what in know what we call our trade department did developments on the trade side of things, and then eventually became GM about, I don't know, about 12, to 13 years ago. So as GM, all the departments answered to me, and I answered to the board, to Simon, Noel, Ken, the directors. So I just basically do the day-to-day running of the company, the operational side and sales side.
0: Just the day-to-day running. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I like the way you say, just the day-to-day running, yeah. as if it's simple.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, nothing is. It's although my, my FD says, he always passes comments, says, I don't know what the problem is. All you're doing is moving stuff from A to B. What's the problem? <laughs> We've actually said to him, like, right, okay, well, you go and sit with the move manager for a day and see what they do, and we then get there. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it, but uh, I'll do it when they're quiet. <laughs> What's the use, honestly, seriously? So, well, yeah.
0: the FD's only pushing bean counters at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. No, cut that, please. <laughs> Sorry, uh, FD. <FG. laughs> <laughs> he's a Man United supporter as well. He's done. Oh. Some, he's kind of good mood at the moment. So, is any? Nah, yeah. no. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's something I've grown up with. It's just in the blood. I think I've been out of the industry for two weeks. That's wow. it. So,
0: how did you get started within the industry?
1: Believe it or not, well. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather and my father were born on Guernsey and they came out on the flotilla of boats when the Germans invaded during World War II. So eventually finished up in Bolton. So my grandfather was a removal man, worked for a, a company in Bolton called Bentleys and then my father joined Bentleys and became a removal man. I as a as a a kid used to just go for days out just for for a ride and school holidays. My dad eventually like bought a company, another company in Rochdale and again I was just going for rides and there's a little lad just carrying small things, you know, just for the day. As I got older, it was a situation where I was going out on on vans as a third man. Yeah. Just to make up the numbers. And then got to the situation where when I went into the what we call the sixth form, I'm that old. It was sixth form and it A levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. I know exactly what you mean, David. <laughs> <laughs> well, say so it was like literally. It was. I'd be sat at home and he'd come in and say, "You're not going out. You're not going to school tomorrow. You're working." And then yeah. during the, the school holidays, it was just working full time. In fact, I always say that when I actually started full time legitimately with him, I actually took a pay cut because I wasn't getting paid in hand. I was paying taxman at that point. <laughs> So, yeah, I started on the vans with him, with my parents. It's all I've known. And when we employ people at Mason's or we take something new on, we always say, if you survive 12 months in this industry, you'll never get out of it. It gets in your blood, it gets under your skin. That's so true.
0: So, so true.
1: We all moan about it. And it's, you you know, I've got people now that have been with us a couple of years and they're not going anywhere. They like to think they are, but they're not. We know that.
0: I know exactly where you're coming from because I'm in IT, but I've been in IT and the removal industry since 1986, and not even I can get out of it. <laughs> so I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's one of those industries that once you are in it, it's, it's just fabulous. It's a fabulous industry.
1: It is. You're dealing with the public, and I mean, okay, there's ups and downs of dealing with the public. You do get some challenges on a weekly basis. But you also get the the nice side of things, and you, you get to meet people who sometimes are, can be quite stressed, and it's it's nice to be able to take that stress away from them. Yeah, you know, if you yeah. do a good job, even you know from the from the initial inquiry right the way through, it's nice when you get the response. You know, we we as a company crave that response, so we do do ask them to give us you know feedbacks at origin. Yeah. And after delivery. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we get quite a decent response from that. And it, like I said, it's always nice, especially when they name names as well. And yeah. you can pass that on to the staff. And the staff then know that they are doing a good job. And they and they are, went they are, the
0: extra mile for that customer as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's, it's nice that way. Yeah, it's good fun. Good fun.
0: So you were working for your father's company?
1: Yeah, the well-known company called Rochdale Removals. Okay. And... It literally was him and another guy bought the company and I was just say just used to go out on the vans the same ended up working as a second man, blah blah blah. And then sometimes if they were going on holiday, I'd run the office, I'd go and do surveys. It was just everybody, you know, did everything in that regard. But it was a good grounding, really good grounding in that regard. So when I came to Mason's oh, I came to Masons via Scott Pack, a company called Scott Pack.
0: Oh God, there's a blast from the past. You
1: know it. Yeah, it's amazing, honestly. How many people I meet at conferences in the oh and they are—oh my word! You say like, yeah, I'm that old, and it's like you know, and you find you meet people and talk to people, and all of a sudden Scott Pack comes up, and yeah, we're like a plague. We get everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I did six years at Scott Pack just as a um, surveyor, joint depot manager, I suppose.
0: Who did you work under there, David?
1: The main guy that I worked for at Scott Pack Manchester was a guy called Harry Windridge. But right. at the time, the the MD was Moore Shanks. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Moore's is quite a well known person in the yeah. industry. He ran the MTC and different things like that. So, as I always, I, I, it's not that long since I've been able to call him Moore as always, really? it's always been Mister Shanks to me. Even when um, I joined the MTC board, and I'd say, you know, Mister Shanks, and he'd say, David, you say that, like, you know, call me Moore. <laughs> that, okay. um, so embarrassing because that the MTC board is like what I always say is like you know it's the great and the good of the industry and me. <laughs> uh, you know, I used to embarrass myself with you know Mister Shanks and people that look yeah. at me and say like, "So were you?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was like say was Scott Pack for six years, then I came to Masons, and it's like I said Scott Pack was a surveyor, came to Masons as a surveyor and then working my way through to the heady heights of, of GM.
0: So I have to ask the question, what happened to Rochdale Removals then?
1: That eventually got bought out and then got closed down. I think oh, right. my, dad, my father had to retire uh, through ill health. You didn't fancy taking it on? No, not at all. I'd actually, before, he, before the, the firm closed down, I'd actually left by that point. I'd, right. it's, it's hard work. I don't know how the guys do it, to be honest with you. Nowadays, but it's, I no. mean, that's, we've got people working for us who are still my age, and... I mean, I got to the point where I was twenty-four year old, and I was struggling to bend down in the morning to put my socks on, yeah, because my back had gone. And you know, I've got bad back ever since. And my dad had issues with his back that caused him to retire, so he left the left the business. I'd already left the business and gone to Scott Park to try and you know better myself in that regards. Yeah. So yeah, Rochdale Removals basically got closed down eventually. Just it just drifted.
0: Well, I would like to think that today the guys out on the job are finding it easier and hopefully they have the tools to help them, whereas you probably didn't in your day.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, all I know now is international, but I I mean, yeah. back in the day, if you want to call it, when I was a lad, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, when I was a lad, we used to sometimes do three removals in a day. So yeah, we'd, that's... Start, we'd start running at eight o'clock in the morning and finish running at five, six o'clock at night. And we'd, we'd do three household removals in a day but we weren't packing. Yeah. Now, the lads now, I mean, I look at it sometimes, and, and I get quite blasé about it, where at Mason's we'll do like a 20-foot container pack wrap and load the container in two days.
2: Yeah.
1: That's some going. Yeah, when you yeah. look at it, what you can get in a container, it is some going. And I have every respect for any person that does the packing side of an international move. It's phenomenal. It really is. And that's not just the Mason's lads. You know, lads from other companies as well. Hats off to us.
0: Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 takes a certain person to want to be a removal man, but it's one hell of a skill. It's one hell of a skill. And yeah. they don't get appreciated enough. They really don't.
1: No, I mean, I can't. I, I mean, sometimes I look and think some guys, you know, early 50s or whatever, and they say they're a class one driver. Yeah. And they're still... They can go and drive containers, and there's not enough container drivers, not enough HGV drivers, nothing yep. about. They can go and drive a container, but they'll still do a removal, so they'll pack and load it, and load yep. it on a van, and you think, why? why? And I'm glad they do. Don't get me wrong. It's in their
0: DNA. It is.
1: Mad. <laughs> mad as a bag of wasps. So, gee, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun.
0: So can you tell everybody about John Mason International? And the services it offers?
1: Yeah. So John Mason International, we are a well, we were a family-owned company. We are now another family-owned company. But like I said to you before, I've been with John Mason 31 years. We are one of the largest shippers ex-UK worldwide. Yeah. We only do international moving. We don't do domestic moves. We don't do EU moves at all. Right. We handle storage, obviously. But the main things are Deep sea and air freight, and that's all we do.
0: And is it import export or just export?
1: Import and export. Yep. So, again, we work with partners uh, all over the world in Australia. I mean, our main lanes for the main, yeah, the main lanes that we ship to really are places like, well, there's Australia, New Zealand, yeah, Canada, South Africa, UAE, and USA. Those are what we do, what we call groupage. Yeah, so, yeah. again, we're one of the leading groupage shippers. XUK to those those lanes. Groupage is what we call, we call it groupage. It's what it's a shared container. So if yeah. somebody's not got enough to fill a container and the only one, the only need part of the container, we'll sell that space to them. But we are big enough to be able to load that container within a reasonable time frame. Keeps it everything economic for the people yeah. and also as well, so it gets containers going as quickly as we can. So we have partner agents all over the world that we work with. This industry works on people, but also works on what we call reciprocation. Yeah. I can ship a container to to an agent to USA, they'll probably ship a container back to us. Yeah, yeah. So it works like that. So like I said, we are certainly within the top three, if not number one for tonnage, ex-UK, for international moving.
0: Well, the name is synonymous in the industry. If you want shipping... John Mason International is always the name that, that springs to mind.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, when I like I said, I worked at Scott Pack and you were in a bubble. Yeah. At Scott Pack. And obviously it then became Crown. And you you were in a bubble. I always said when I left Scott Pack and came to John Mason's, it was I was coming into the real world. When I used to quote against John Masons, I used to describe them as a good little local removal company. <laughs> didn't realize how big they were yeah. that was said, 30 years ago so it's a really nice company to work for as well we you know we're all on first name terms in with the directors we're all on first name terms they're always open to people speaking the mind respectfully obviously but you know people come up with ideas and if it's a good idea we'll we'll try and implement it it's just yeah. like it's, it's it's silly things like because of like high energy prices at the moment, we have an ability where all our people can work from home. So what yeah. we do now is on, on a Friday, everybody works from home. Right. But what we've also done is then one of my colleagues came to me and said, why don't we well work from home between Christmas and New Year? Because we're only open two days. We have skeleton staff on.
2: Yeah.
1: And we put that to the director and they went, yeah, great. And we trust people to work from home. We have people who've been with us longer than I, to be honest with you. So we all work remote. The head office is Liverpool. Yeah. Uh we have a, an operation in Hemel Hempstead that covers the south of England. Alright, yeah. That is literally just operation. So all the admin, all the management is all done out of Liverpool head office. Yeah. Yeah. But the, we're operational in both places. So it's it's really good. And like I said, with the advent now of like video surveys rather than physical surveys. Like I said, when people are able to work from home, it makes life easier. And we are are actually more productive.
0: How do you find that? How do you find the video surveys compared to the on-site surveys that you used to do years and years and years ago?
1: I'll be honest with you. I struggle with video surveys. I struggle to get perspective. Yeah. The guys who do the video surveys are doing six, seven, eight a day. So yeah. they're not, you know, not a problem with it. But the the odd one that I've done, I've struggled. I feel more comfortable doing telephone surveys. Right. I actually walk somebody around while they're talking to me on the phone.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's only because I've not done that many video surveys. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's good. They are good because you can record them. And it actually saves a lot of hassle in the long run if... You can get situations where you know you go for a job that's three hundred cubic feet, Yeah and they pack like up four hundred cubic feet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And space is a premium, so
1: it is. And the, the first words out of the client's mouth is, "I've not added anything." What we can do is review the video and find yep. that the three-piece suite that wasn't going miraculously <laughs> not... appears on the inventory. Yeah. You know, so it's. um it's quite good because you can just refer people back to the the video, and it's it, it cuts a lot of hassle out, shall we say?
0: I suppose as well, it allows you to to see people at weekends or evenings if they if need be. Yeah. So it makes it a little easier that way. And and of course, you don't want to be travelling all over the UK to
1: see jobs. We've got spares, and they they basically say I've got one that lives in Leicester, and I've never seen him. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I might I might see him once twice a year. But it's that, and it's like it's so easy and. Whereas you say, if you're on the road, you're doing three, maybe four a day, yeah. or maybe five if it's all reasonably local, because we say we cover the whole of the UK. Yeah. So back, when, back in the day, again, when I was a lad almost, I've been known to go up to Aberdeen to do surveys. Now, we just talk to people in Aberdeen that we know and say, can you do this packing for us? Because we've done the video survey. yeah. Now, we, yeah, yeah. years ago, we used to have the Michelin contract before now, I've actually been over to Northern Ireland to Ballymena, to do surveys there. Now, we've just talked to one of the Irish lads and say, Luke, can you do this packing for us? We've done the video survey. Yeah. Can you do the packing for us? It's so much easier. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting more, you know, out to me surveyors. And I mean, I'm now a convert because I always said it's better to sit in front of somebody to sell your wares, your company. Yeah. The guys, their acceptance rate is probably has gone up since yeah. we do them off the road where they're booking probably one in two, whereas before they were booking maybe four out of 10.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: so the acceptance rate has gone up. So, again, it's better for the company all around. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. But like I said, I, I struggle with video surveys. I must admit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not for everybody, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those, the more you do, the easier it gets.
1: Yeah, exactly. So. I've, not, I've not done many. Yeah. So, like I said, I just struggle to get perspective. It's, it's weird. It is, yeah. It's weird. I feel more comfortable doing the telephone ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and I, I'm still reasonably accurate at those. To be honest with you. <laughs>
0: so, what challenges have you had to overcome then, David? Um, well, the first one is that I, I
1: come from Bolton. <laughs>
0: Don't tell me you're a Bolton football fan I as well. I'm a
1: Bolton Wanderers man. Oh, on, they're having are, hard
0: man. times. Hard times of we, late.
1: We're now on the back on the up. We're now. Yeah, back well, let's of, hope we
2: now, so. Beautiful stadium.
1: Oh yeah. Well, we're now top of the first division, so we're um, yeah, we're on the up. Having been an hour from going out of business. Wow. Yeah, they've uh, they turned it around. So, I I do get some stick for being from Bolton because obviously, I mean, our offices are mainly blues and reds being Liverpool, we have a Man United supporter which, that's fine and Ooh. maybe not Simon, who's our owner is a uh, Wimbledon supporter Oh wow Yeah,
0: As in tennis? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The way they play, you might as well play tennis Wimbledon, <laughs> if he hears this he'll kill me <laughs>
0: Sorry Simon uh,
1: no, no You can include that, I don't mind that he, um, I mean, so everybody I mean, it's the Mickey the accent <laughs> it's fine by me I mean I've had people call me all sorts of stuff and <laughs> I, I don't have a problem I think say moving through you know from the industry it's it it's hard work but it gets rewarded you know so it's starting like I said as, as a boy just work packing and just loving the industry and I think it's sometimes not hard work when you enjoy what you're doing
2: yeah
1: so I'm proud to say that I've worked hard at it. Yeah, and I must have been doing something right because it it was recognised by my old MD at John Masons, who you know employed me. Yeah, he put me in some situations that I weren't wasn't comfortable with. Yeah, and I hated it for hated him for it. But
0: <laughs> but it gave you the experience to deal with that though.
1: It did, yeah. I mean, one of the things he did did to me, and it uh, was that. Years ago, we used to handle our own insurance claims. Right. So if we, if we had an insurance claim, it yeah. would come to us. We, we don't do that now. We have a, a claims agency that handles it through insurance. So we used to do that ourselves, like I said. And one day, the GM at the time said, David, you're doing the insurance claims. And I just swore at him and walked out of his office. <laughs> and then the COO, Called me in and she said, "David, you're doing insurance claims," and it's the only time I've ever sworn at her. <laughs> and then the MD called me in and said, "You're doing it," and I went, "I'm not." And he went, "You're doing it." And he said, "You only have to do it for 12 months," so I started on January one and 31st of December I walked home. And, really? and, yeah, and it was what we, what I call it, it was. I used to say to people, "I'm going doing purgatory." Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I hated him for doing it to me.
0: Did it give you an insight into the claims?
1: Yeah. Give me an insight into the to what you can do to reduce your claims. Yeah. You know, sometimes all of a sudden you see a trend and you think, Why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. So then you put things in place to try and stop that happening. Yeah. TVs are a, a case in point. Nowadays with all the you know the widescreen TVs, yeah. the flat screens. So what we do now is we, we case them. Yeah, yeah. And it's it stops it having the claims on TVs. Yeah. Get another one, but you know, very rarely. But it's it, So you, you see that, but you also as well. It's it has been known where people have actually made false insurance claims.
0: No, but David, I, no I way. Know, I yes, do not believe that.
1: I know it, it. It might shock you to learn that people might do that.
0: I don't think anyone would do that. Surely.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> and it it becomes quite cynical actually at times. It's awful that in that regard. Yeah. You know you then start looking at things a little bit differently,
2: yeah,
1: and if it's genuine, we you know we sort it out, but like I said some t- sometimes people tell a, f- a few things or
0: sometimes people have that that they look at it from the point of view of I've paid insurance, therefore I'm entitled to make a claim exactly and i'll I'll make a claim and get some of my my shipping costs back
1: yeah absolutely, yeah, you can see it coming like a train, yeah. You can actually sometimes pick it up when you're actually dealing with the, with a client or a prospect before they've even booked, before we've even done a survey. Yeah. We have a call called Kylie. <laughs> That's just because of clients in the distant past that we had a lot of issues with all the way through. <laughs> and now somebody will say, and say, I've got a Kylie. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we'll deal with that how we see fit. So we say.
0: Not referring to her music, then?
1: No, 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 no that'd be different. I think we'd all be lining up to do a survey. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, it's, I think within the industry, I think it goes across the industry, I think if you work hard at things, you do get the rewards. Yeah. I know a lot of people, like I said, just on the NTC board, if nothing else, and you know where these guys have come from as well. And everybody's of a similar sort of mindset, yeah, and like I said, it's not work if you enjoy it.
0: but, well, no job is, so if you could change anything from your moving past, what would it be, apart from the insurance one,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> think exactly, <laughs> even <Believe laughs> that now, I look back on it. I would not say fondly, but I look back on it as a learning lesson, and oh, nothing no. else. I think harking back to my health in regards to you know my body, yeah, I would probably tried to get off the vans quicker and gone into the, the management side, the office side quicker.
0: When you say that, that your health and your body, is that then down to, obviously you've come in to help with your father and join his company, but was there no then training involved? I mean, no. these days we're pushing training left, right and centre, get the guys on a training course, get them to bend their knees, et cetera, et
1: cetera. No, not at all. I mean, it was just a case of, yeah, pick that up and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad and the old timers that he, he worked with and that I, some of them that I worked with, I mean, again, we used to use tea chests.
0: Yeah. them
1: yeah. the old tea chests.
0: They cut your fingers to shreds.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we used to fill them full of books. And it used to be we didn't have, we wouldn't use sack trucks. We'd just pick them up and carry them. Yeah. You know, and it was just getting silly. My dad was, my dad ended up with, um, spondylosis or spondylitis, whatever it was, one of those, where he's, he's basically his spine used to close up, wow. cut the blood flow to his brain, and he'd pass out.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And he I mean, we would find him in all sorts of daft places, on the floor, passed out. And that's partly because he was doing even more stupid things than I used to do. I never worked with, with my dad on the vans because it was just too much of a clash. So I, <laughs> basically, I was working with, I used to work with my uncle Right. He was in the industry as well. Yeah, yeah. And we would we'd always try and be slightly sensible about things, whereas my dad and his second man would fill a wardrobe with things and carry the wardrobe full so they didn't have to do three or four walks. They'd carry the wardrobe full. And he'd slide a wardrobe down the stairs on his own with it pressed up against his head. So obviously that caused him a problem, I think, always with the compression of the spine. But you, you never thought about it then. You never thought about it. And it was we were doing all sorts of daft things really well at that time. The guys now, you know, they, they are a lot more conscious about it, and we are, as a company, a lot more conscious about health and safety, as they say. But back in those days there was no such thing. No such thing.
2: So the guys have got it easy
0: today then, David? No,
1: I didn't say they got it easy, I said it's <laughs> a different way of working. Like I said to you, what they do, I couldn't yeah. do. No, I couldn't do it. And, they, you know, they they are just a lot more conscious about their health, and I think that's a good thing. I really yeah, do.
0: Yeah. I love this industry, but if there's one thing I would never do, it would be to pack and load a truck.
1: No, no way. No no, way. no. No No. And I have to say now, because of my bad back and everything, I, I've, I've got a legitimate excuse not even to go and help. Last <laughs> time I helped in the warehouse, I actually got pulled in by an EMD and got a dressing down.
2: Brilliant. So
1: happy days. Happy days.
0: So, what is your high point of being within the industry?
1: Um, I think there's, to to be honest with you, there's probably two for me. One is becoming GM at John Mason International. And that, again, was another shock. I was never even thinking about anything like that. And literally, I got called into a board meeting one day and. The ex-GM who was become a director yep. actually sat there and said, blah, 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 we want you to become the GM. And it was a shock. And I actually sat there and said, can I think about it? And then after we peeled the managing director off the ceiling <laughs> and stopped him abusing me, I thought, well, I better, uh, I better accept it. And I'd say it was a total surprise. I was, yeah. in, was in shock. But looking back on it, I feel quite honoured about it and you know, really pleased that the effort and the work I'd put in for Mason's, the learning that I'd done through the different departments yeah. had paid off. It was really nice, really nice. And like I said, I think it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable now. Yeah. And I think the other thing was I've mentioned before about what we call the MTC, the Movers Trading Club, yeah. which is an industry body. And we've always, I think, had one on somebody on that body. Paul Mason, bless him, was on that at the time until yeah. he passed away. Yeah. Then our MD went on it. And then when he retired, I basically, at that time, you could just go on it as volunteer for something and do it. And they were kind enough to let me on it. And then um, when Mr. Shanks decided to hang his pen up, I end up by default becoming chairman of the MTC. And it was one of those situations. It was on a conference call. And you ever seen the, the films where somebody asks for a volunteer? <laughs> and everybody steps back and leaves somebody there.
0: <laughs> Is that what they did to you?
1: That's on a conference call. Uh-huh. It was somebody said, right, we need a new chairman. And everybody got in. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I was trying to get in. And it left me standing there on my own, looking around, thinking, where's my mate's?
0: I have an image now of like being on a Zoom call and having like 10 people on there and and, all, and nine just switching off their video camera <laughs> and leaving you there.
1: <laughs> it was honestly, it was, so, it, was, it was mad. So I'll give the gents the Jews. I mean, because I had really got any experience in that side of things. The backing I had and the help I had from, as I said before, the great and the good of the industry was, was fantastic. And I've learned so much from those guys we were a committee. We are now a board of directors, and I I was chairman for about three years. They prom they told me it'd only be a two year stint, and I ended up with, I think I ended up three years.
0: Same old story. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Everybody was looking down at the shoes every time it came up in a meeting. <laughs> so again, like I said, I've learned a, a massive amount from the other guys on the MTC. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, there's a lot of the high profile people on it, and it's. I don't say much within board meetings. I just listen and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so those are probably about the two the, the, the two high points within the industry that I can think of for me, certainly. Excellent.
0: What one thing would you change within the moving industry?
1: Oh, this was this is so hard. It's I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant industry. It's really fiercely competitive. But it is nice because somebody you're competing against, you can still have a personal relationship, a friendship with.
0: Absolutely.
1: My pet gripe, and if Ian Studd listens to this, <laughs> is and I think it's probably quite a few people's pet gripes, is the what we call the ombudsman. So we as an industry have a, an ombudsman, so people your clients can go to the ombudsman.
0: Oh, is that the furniture and home one? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your voice says it all. Oh, yes. I understand that we have to have it, but I think it is so... It's set up wrong, but I don't think, we, from what I understand from Ian, I don't think we're, we're able to change it. But it, it's, it is, it's almost sometimes used as a blackmail for clients to use against us because if we, if we get a complaint through the ombudsman, we pay whether the, the complaint is spurious, we pay.
0: So is it just you that pays then as a company, or is it yeah. the person making the complaint as well?
1: so they, they Surely it should from, be
0: 50 fifty:
1: Well, they pay upfront, and then if they win the, you know the, the case, they get the money back plus whatever claim they make. Yeah, seems fair but. What happens is is they can make what would appear sometimes to be a spurious claim or a, a fictitious one or a facetious you know, it's just it's ridiculous at times. Fortunately we've not we don't get many. Probably got maybe one, maybe two a year, because let's be honest, you say no to an adult and it'll still cause a tantrum, same with children. Yeah. And I think to me that's just seems so unfair. And I just wish we could change that to it be more fair for our industry. But like I said, I've whinged about it before. And I think Ian, he does a great job as, as DG. And he, I think he just thinks, oh, David, go away, that type of thing. But, you know.
0: Trouble is, I think the ombudsman is nothing to do with Bar at all, is it? So he's no, it, no. not really got much say in it, apart from like there's an ombudsman there to be used. But exactly. maybe they need to change the way in which they do it and say, OK, yeah. look, if you're going to make a complaint, both parties put money in, and whatever you put in, you get back. Should you win it?
1: Yeah, I mean, talking to other people within the industry, we, we, there's a lot of people think it is, yeah, unfair, and I, 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 and it's it is one of my really big rights, me one of my big hobby horses. Yeah, yeah. About it, and I know it's not going to change, but it doesn't stop me mourning about it.
0: No, no, absolutely.
1: No, oh, no. I'll be honest with you, I haven't lost one yet, which is another high point, I suppose. <laughs> We've heard my point. So I've just lined myself up on that one. So, yeah, that would be the one thing I would change. And it's, everything else, it's an industry that I love. Yeah. And then we think we've come into the, you know, into the 21st century, jarking back to the health and safety and things like that. We have a lot of diversity within the, indus-, within the industry, which is great. Yeah. And, you know, more power to us as far as I'm concerned.
0: And I think as an industry as well, we're, we're we're looking after our staff better as well. We're oh, no longer putting them on like 12-hour days. Yeah. We are trying to get them home so that they can get and have their meal with their family and their children and this, that and the other, or get out to play football in an evening rather than yeah. let you're on a job till eight o'clock at night and we need to yeah. see you at seven in the morning.
1: Yeah, exactly. We try and time it right to give them enough time to do the job properly, Yeah, you know, and sometimes it may go over or whatever, then we'll, we'll deal with it, you know, and we're smart enough to be able to deal with those scenarios. Yeah. But we, we try and give the office staff the tools to be able to do a good job, um, ultimately, to book the removal, they'd rather, yeah. or rather book the removal with us than somebody else. So we give them the tools to do that, but then we've got to be able to back our words up. Yeah. You know, and the, the guys, again, the packing crews that we've got, are, uh, been with us, some of them have been with Masons before I even joined. Really? Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's another thing that you do generally find in this industry. It's not that people are in the industry for a long time, it's that they're with the same employer for a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or oh, they'll, they'll even come back. You know, we've had staff go and work in Australia for moving companies in Australia yeah. and come back. You know, we've had that scenario. Like I said, I've been out of the industry two weeks. Yeah i went right, selling advertising space. And I, did a week, I did a week of training and a week on the road and then thought, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's go back to what you know some.
0: So what advice would you give to yourself starting in the industry again?
1: Um, one of my old bosses once said to a few of us, we work hard, we play hard, and we stay in the best hotels. <laughs> and I think one leads to the next one leads to the third one yeah i was brought up again back in the day <laughs> to be honest and be and and, and work hard put the yeah. effort in and they always say if you put the effort in you get the reward
0: absolutely
1: and i would if if it if that if i was talking to myself 40 years ago it would be that put the effort in learn and it helps and it you know, it gives you credibility. Get on with people. But yeah. I think summed it up. Work hard, play hard and stay in the best hotels.
0: <laughs> I love that. I absolutely
1: then, love it. Yeah, I mean they said that to somebody and then as a joke, put we went they we were going on a conference and they put this person in a YMCA for the first night.
0: <laughs> I'd have walked out of it
3: That's not, that's not for me. <laughs>
1: be honest with you, I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that literally would be the advice. I think, you know, this, this industry respect, it's always been brought up on put the effort in, get stuck yeah. in. We all muck in, as we, we say up north. Yeah, we all absolutely. muck in. And if you do that, you learn different roles within the industry. It, it's brilliant, brilliant.
0: Yeah. So where do you see yourself and the industry in the next five years? Um, Let's start with yourself, David.
1: I'm not sure. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm old enough now where I'm approaching retirement, to be honest with you. I never thought I'd ever say that. I keep looking at my pension. <laughs> and it, it's, it goes up, up and down like a bride's nightie. <laughs> so I, realistically, i will probably still with, with John Mason International. Yeah. yeah.
2: Don't forget, we don't
0: have to retire.
1: No, if I know. We enjoy know. what we're doing. We no, don't Simon, have to. Retire. Simon keeps reminding me of that. To be honest with you, Simon keeps <laughs> reminding me of that.
0: He sent me an email to say that, by the way. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: sorry. He tells him it to the face. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, truthfully, don't know. I'm dreaming, I'd love to retire. Being realistic, I think I enjoy work too much. Where I think. I'd probably, I'm still probably going to be doing these podcasts with you in five years' time.
2: <laughs> well,
0: I intend to be here, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's about as much as I can look forward at the moment, I'll be honest with you. I'd like to see both in the, the Premier Division, Premier League, but, again, we all have our dreams. The industry, you know what? I don't know. It changes so much, this industry. Do you think? Yeah, it does. We've had so many challenges over the years that we've sat there and thought, this could be a deal-breaker. And, again, the great and the good of the industry and me find ways around doing things. example, when the soulless rule came in a few years ago, I decided that it was a vessel, I think, went sunk on the English Channel. Right. And... It was a container ship, and it was put down to misloading of the containers. That was the general opinion. What was happening was is people, our industry is basically volume-based rather yeah. than weight-based. Yeah. Um, our containers are lightweight. But something like, say, the scrap metal industry pay on weight. Yeah. So what the scrap metal industry did was that they'd have a, a container full of scrap that weighed 40 tonne. Yep. But they tell the shipping line it was ten ton. So if you think about it, the ship they have to maintain a balance on the ship. Absolutely. They was putting a in inverted commas ten ton container where they shouldn't have been doing, it. and it was it was said that they, they thought that that was part of the reason this vessel had problems. So what happened was is that the maritime industry came out with SOLAS, which effectively said that every single container that entered a port had to be weighed before it went on a ship.
0: Which makes total sense. Yes. I mean, why wasn't it that before?
1: Try and find a bridge in the UK. All oh, right. The, they're virtually non-existent. So say I've got a container being loaded in our depot. Yeah. It's got to be weighed empty, although even though it's got a tear weight on it, it's got to be weighed empty. So you've got to get the container to go to a weigh bridge somewhere and weigh it. Right. Then it comes to us, we fill it. Then it's got to go back to a weighbridge and wait to get the weight of the contents and the gross weight of the container. And everybody's looking at each other thinking, how the heck are we going to do this? And it was a massive challenge. Hmm. And eventually, I mean, the common sense approach was get the ports to do it. And all the feedback we were getting from the shipping lines, from the ports was, not our problem, it's your problem. And I always remember going to a meeting of the, I think it was the overseas group that I was on, of the BAR, and the shipping line, one of the shipping lines turned up and just quite matter of factly said, Yeah, the ports are going to do it. And the relief in the room was palpable. It was unbelievable.
0: Well, it makes sense for the ports to do it. it?
1: Exactly. And they charge for it. Yeah. They, you know, they charge yeah. quite a bit for it. I was
0: going to say, but they'll make money.
1: Well, yeah. It's so an they additional have, service. Exactly. Exactly. The amount of containers that are going through a port. They charge a decent amount of money for doing it. And one would have
0: thought that they would have to weigh it anyway. So even if you had a way of, of weighing it, they would have to weigh it at the port to double-check that your figures were correct.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it was just, eventually, common sense prevailed. Yeah. But, you know, it's that sort of challenge. We've had the challenges with the shipping lines over the years, almost pre-COVID, certainly during COVID and after COVID, about shipping lines. I mean, the rates went up.
0: Shockingly high.
1: You know, I, I know of a guy that, was, that ships from, from Hong Kong to the UK. Pre-COVID, he was paying $2,000 for a 40-foot container. Post-COVID, he was paying $25,000 for a container. Oh, my word. Yeah. You can imagine.
0: It's not just a 2,000 to 4,000, isn't it? That's one hell of a exactly. rise.
1: I mean, that's why, that's why shipping lines over the last couple of years have made tens of billions of pounds profit. Now the backside's dropped out of the, the freight market, the freight yeah. rates. All of a sudden now we're getting challenges about availability routes being withdrawn windows of opportunity to get the container into the port and the 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 shipping lines you can see are going back to default again and we work around it yeah you know shipping lines don't like positioning containers at residences and a lot of us now load via warehouse because we've got a certainty that if if the container doesn't turn up if the haulier cancels on the day then it's okay. It's a pain in the backside for us at the warehouse, but it's not anything like the trouble that you have if you've got a crew sat at a house yeah. 100 yeah. miles away from base with a and Transit van yeah. waiting for a 40-foot container to turn up that's never going to turn up, and you're thinking, how am I going to get 2,000 cubic feet from Cheltenham to Hemel on a Friday afternoon Yeah, and have no crews? And again, it's it's those challenges that we've had to get through.
0: Are you finding that people are shipping less? Tony Tickner oh. mentioned this on the podcast he was on. Really? People are moving less because obviously now you don't get your CD collections anymore because oh. we all listen to it online on Spotify and everything else. You don't have all your DVDs because we're all watching Netflix.
1: Yeah. But I mean, they're all they're small things, but... um. To be honest with you, it's it's not something that I've really thought about. It's the thing is is that because we do groupage as well as what we call sole use containers, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Because if I've got if people are shipping less, I'm filling more groupage containers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You yeah. know, so and it's and it's easier to do groupage because it all comes via the warehouse anyway.
2: Right.
1: Whereas with a sole use container, if you try and do it at the house, you run that risk. If you're bringing it back to warehouse, yeah. you've got to be able to have the hassle of bringing it back to a house, you know? So again, it's just a situation where, um, yeah, I, I haven't really seen much changes to be honest with you. In, Interesting. You we're know, getting the 20 foot containers. We're still getting the 40 foot containers, but we still get, you know, a heck of a lot of groupage. Yeah. Again, we do a lot of what we call trade business. Yeah. So a yeah. Yeah. big part of ours is that we act as a, as a freight forwarder yeah. for other international removal companies because they don't have that tonnage. So they can yeah. pack a job really well, yeah, yeah. but we don't have the facility to be able to ship it. So what they do is they come to John Mason International and say, can you ship this for us? And we say, yeah, just give us your money.
2: <laughs> just give us your money. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's so brutal there, mate. <laughs> right?
1: that, that's a challenge. And it's, suppose, that's another challenge in the industry.
0: That's your financial director talking there. Give yeah, us
1: absolutely. your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, we credit control them more than anything. <laughs> so yeah i mean we we have a trade department that has about five people in it, and all we're doing is dealing with other yeah. international moving companies who want to use John Mason services to ship groupies, but also as well sometimes positioning containers for them to load themselves, you know, and we have a massive turnover on that, yeah, a lot of companies know about us we I have say five people working in that department, but I, we also have what we call a trade website yeah. So a lot of people can go on the trade website, rather than emailing for a rate or phoning for a rate, they can go on the trade website, 24-7, 365, and get a rate from yeah. us yeah. to ship their client's stuff. And it, gives, it actually gives them a, a, an advantage sometimes. If they're talking to a client, they know what their charges are, they know what profit levels they want to make on a job. While they're talking to a client, literally, they can get a rate from us online to say, this is how much it's going to cost to ship that. Yeah. So they can actually put a proposal to a client straight away, and a lot of companies use us. We have over seven hundred registered users on the trade website alone.
0: That's good. That's really it's, good. It's massive. Hence why I said earlier, you're synonymous within the moving industry for shipping.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I try and get out and about to meet some of the you know the, the trade agents as well, so we can sit and talk, see if there's any issues and stuff like that. Because so it's easy to do it face to face. I like doing face to face. Yeah. 'Cause you can you can read so much more with people's body language. Definitely. Special, you know, so I'd rather do that rather than somebody telling me what I want to hear or what they think I want to hear on a phone. Yeah. You know, so you can just like, sit there and have a coffee, have a brew, have a sandwich, you know, a cake or whatever. I'd normally go in armed with cakes and stuff like <laughs> that.
0: If you're always turning up with cakes, David, you're very welcome here.
1: Yeah, no problem, mate. You just you just send me your best, and I'll, next time I'm passing, I'll I'll, I'll throw a <laughs> few as, as the as the buns at you. Might still be in the tin, but we'll 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 cross that industry.
0: So, what do you do outside of this industry to switch off?
1: Um, I I enjoy sport. I love watching sport. I don't do it now. Um, I used to play rugby, uh, rugby union, but I love watching sport. I don't go down to watch Bolton that often. I'm actually more find it more fun watching what they call grassroots football. Yeah. You yeah. know, the lower leagues, the 9th, 10 tiers, where yeah, yeah. you just stood by a, a football pitch, watching people kick lumps out of each other. <laughs> Without really, VAR getting involved. Oh, man, yeah, God, you can imagine that. I mean, poor old referees take so much abuse. At grassroots, it's, it, you stand there sometimes and think, why are you doing this for 50 quid a game? Why would you take that abuse? You know, I've seen it where, you know, I've seen players chasing referees around the pitch, trying to, you know, beat them up. And <laughs> why would you do that? So I'll give a shout out to Atherton Town, which is the team that I actually follow in grassroots. Oh, nice. And um, son used to play for them. And uh, I've just carried on watching them. And it's just really good fun, just watching people who have got a, quite a bit of ability. You can yeah. see the, some of the players who've gone through the academy system. You know, you know, they've done the academy route, they've done the two or three years at Everton Academy or, you know, Wigan or Bolton or whatever. You can just, you see those players and you see then the young ones who get released from an academy yeah. come and playing, And and uh, they learn really quickly to, to be able to, you know, jump over knee-high tackles. <laughs> Some of the things you stand there and you just cringe, you just absolutely cringe. So, yeah, I, I like most sports. I do quite a lot of reading. I know because I've got new hips, I can walk I get a f- <laughs> certain fairly distance without suffering for days. <laughs> I do that. And I just keep myself to myself, to be honest with you. It's life at work is full on, and I just really like to just take my brain out on the way on and put it back in on the way back into work next morning.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, get the Netflix on and stuff like that. I'd be there. Excellent. I mean, the other thing as well is you drink heavily.
0: <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've got a funny feeling the removal industry drives you to drink.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I <Right> always <laughs> say it doesn't make you a bad person.
0: <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely never trust the
1: man who doesn't drink. <laughs> there, was, there was the other one. Was the, the, um, you always feel sorry for somebody who doesn't drink because when they get up in the morning, you know that's the best they're going to feel. <laughs>
0: Very good, very good.
1: Some of the people here, that I work with. I, I watch a lot of like foreign stuff on television with subtitles. And I know a lot, a lot of people like, go. Oh, I can't watch something with subtitles. Can't do that, you know, whatever and all this. <laughs> Some of the best stuff, like Nordic noir and all that sort of stuff. So it's, <laughs> it, it is good fun. It really is good fun. So that, yeah, a fairly simple, simple tests.
0: And finally. I like to end my podcast with a funny moving story. Do you have one or more
1: to tell? um dear me I, I, there's a few but they're, they're not clean so that that's that's probably that is difficult
0: <laughs> Trust me, David. We've had some rude ones they won't yeah. be they won't be that bad
1: yeah no I, there's one the one the one really does spring to mind that is so politically incorrect especially nowadays, that I would I would get lynched.
0: Well, let's not do that one then. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll
1: tear away from that one.
2: <laughs>
1: I was, when, I, when I, again, back in my youth, I, my da- dad always used to say that I was like my granddad, where I'd get in a removal wagon and within 10 minutes of setting off, I'd be asleep. <laughs> and I could sleep for hours, just we'd be on a trip somewhere and I'd just go to sleep. And then one day, my dad turned around to me and said, right, you're going to go with this guy and there's four of you. There's, there's four of you. And this one is there's a guy called Bert Eck, as we called him. And he was an old school removal man. Right. His ex-farmer, did the horse and cart thing, everything. Yeah. And my dad said to him, no, and I don't know whether he did it just to wind me up or not, but he said, look, <laughs> you've got to just keep an eye on Bert, he said, because he tends to go to sleep while he's driving. Oh, now I don't know, it's like I said, I don't know why they did it just so to stop me from sleeping, but it's about the only time I ever actually didn't sleep on a trip. <laughs> but if you can imagine the van, you had the driver, and then there was my uncle, one of the other guys, and then I was sat next to the door, and I'm I'm on pins, and we're driving down the motorway, and I could see Bert's eyes going narrower and narrower and narrower. <laughs> To the point where I thought he has gone to sleep. (laughs) At that point, I just like shouted at him and started. The the van was starting to drift a little bit, so I'm shouting at him and I'm reaching across the other guys to try and grab the steering wheel just in case. And it was my fault. I got so much abuse. As he actually said to me, "You could have given me a heart attack waking me up like that." and I'm sat there, and the other guys are just saying, I've got so much stick about it, <laughs> panicking on it. and The worst thing about it is the other two guys were also asleep. <laughs> it was only me awake. Only me awake, honestly. Oh, dear. And the other one, I mean, the there's another guy, again, <laughs> one of my dad's old mates, and we did a, a, a trip away. Every so often, we'd, we'd, we'd have to sleep in the van. So yeah, guys still do it, believe it or not, at the time. Mad. My dad used to stay in hotels when he owned the company and we did, we did a removal and was just with this guy and we were sleeping in the van and we parked up and the, the client had said to us, look, I'll see you in this pub and I'll buy you a drink and get you something to eat. It was really nice. Yeah. So, so I still can't believe he did this. The guy that was with went through the client's wardrobe. We had the wardrobe in the van and there was still clothes hung up in the wardrobe.
2: <laughs>
1: decided to use some of the client's clothes to them that night. Now, it wouldn't have been so bad if you know, but we were meeting the client and he walked into this place with a pair of grey slacks on and a blazer with a badge on it from a, a yachting club.
0: Oh, dude. So we
1: stood there on the this with this client. And this client saying, says, Do you remember that yacht club? <laughs> And my, my mate's going, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's saying, like, do you know such and such? I know him very well. And, <laughs> and I'm dying. I'm absolutely dying. And we got back, you know, got back to the van and it was like, what are you doing? And, he, and apparently he was known for doing it. <laughs> but when I my father, He said, oh, yeah, that's rare, that. He always does that.
0: Oh, brilliant!
1: And it was just, I think, you oh, know, for goodness <laughs> sake, you know, get me out of here. It was mad. Honestly. Oh,
0: that old brilliant. I love that. Remember
1: the cleaner ones.
0: I love that. I absolutely
1: love. <laughs> that. I mean, can you imagine our lads? If our lads did that now, they'd get hung.
0: <laughs> absolutely. You know, they'd
1: absolutely. It'd be all over social media. they oh, the would be involved. <laughs> It'd be it slaughtered. It, back in the day, honestly, it was that. It was just. Oh dear! Oh, I, 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 had, I, I was dying. Absolutely dying. I was only about 19 and, you know, I wouldn't say good to a goose at that point. And it was like, I can't believe he's done that. Oh, that and is absolutely And I told my dad, said, yeah, he always does it. Don't worry about it. So, happy days.
0: Well, David, thank you very much for giving up your time today to record this episode with me. I really appreciate your time.
1: We got there in the end, mate. Yeah. And we got to stop churning and I, <laughs> uh, thank you very much for making it so easy.
0: Uh, your absolute pleasure. It was really good to chat to you. All
1: right. Take care.
0: Thank you very much. Cheers, lad. I sincerely hope you enjoyed episode 76 of Moving Matters. Please rate, review and subscribe in your favourite podcast player of choice. And please tell your industry colleagues about Moving Matters. My thanks and appreciation go to David Ozard of John Mason International Movers for giving up his time to record this episode. Thank you again, David. If you would like to know more about John Mason International Movers and the services they provide, then you will find links within the show notes for this episode and on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. And please, if you have a funny moving story that can be relayed to our listeners or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, then do reach out to me by completing the contact form on our webpage, movingmatterspodcast.co.uk. Well, that is all from me, so until next time, keep moving.